If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free and everyone loves free. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which makes it very convenient. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Finally, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So take a moment to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this episode of Beyond the Bookshelf, I sit and I talk with Sunflower the DJ. She has an incredible story and she wrote a book entitled Beat Face. And it talks about uh, how she survived her abuser and herself. It's an incredible story that I was fascinated with. I sat in my bed and read it cover to cover. And the interview that I had with Sunflower, Sunflower was amazing. Um, Parts of her book are hard to read only because of the things that she was able to survive, but it's definitely a read. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It is talking about domestic uh, violence and surviving abuse, um, but it's a good episode and she has some incredible things to say. And I really, really hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, Sunflower the DJ. Thank you so much for joining me on Beyond the Bookshelf. I have the pleasure of talking to Sunflower. She has a book called Beat Face, the story of surviving my abuser and myself. I will tell you, I read this book. I couldn't put the book down. I intended to read a little bit of the book, go do something else, come back and pick the book back up. I did not even put the book down. I just sat in my bed and read the book for probably like, I think like about an hour and a half. So thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the show. I'm so thank happy you. to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, and I appreciate the compliment. I've gotten it from a few, um, a few readers that they couldn't, like they meant to just look at it for a second, but they got drawn in. So I'm glad I was able to tell my story in a way that it would be engaging. Yeah. So when I started reading the book, I obviously wanted to get to the part of, you know, how you met your abuser, how that happened, and that whole chunk of the story. But the way that you did the book is you introduced, when I say introduce, I just mean that, you know, you didn't immediately jump to that part. You gave us a little bit of background. You, get, you talked a little bit about yourself and your mom and your baby girl. And then, you know, you built up to how you met your abuser. And Sunflower, let me tell you, so when I read this book, I, I don't know you personally, but I thought about you and I'm like, oh my God, when, when, when is she going to say enough is enough? Because I read that book and went through so many levels of emotion. I went from, okay, I see her. Okay, what's she doing? Okay, no. Okay, wow. Oh my God, did this really happen? So I'm sitting here reading the book and feeling like a, a wave of just emotions for somebody that I don't know. And I've never, oh, been wow. in, I've never been in that type of situation. But 
when you describe it, it's so vivid. Like I could see it playing itself out. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, how does she endure all that? And I wanted to see if you wanted to talk to me a little bit about it, if you feel comfortable um, about all that you went through and, the, and what finally made you decide to walk away. Um, well, whenever I would leave, you know, this, I think that's one of the things that some people don't understand about domestic violence. Like a lot of the times women will leave. You'll leave one time, two times, three, but like he would come back and mm -hmm. get me or find me wherever I was. Mm -hmm. So it was, and I was on federal probation at the time. Mm -hmm. so it would be a threat to call my probation officer or you know or any threat of the police if I, the police get called to me I'm going to do five years backup time mm -hmm. so or if I get a violation because I'm not in my home under this address where I'm supposed to be then I am going to prison mm -hmm. and so it was kind of well, it's a little bit easier to get punched than it is to go to prison. Mm -hmm. So I just dealt with it and kind of until I think more of it, it was like she kind of got tired too. Okay. And I'm finding I was just like, you know, we can't keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And after I went to the hospital, I just never turned around again. I left with the clothes on my back. Like mm -hmm. I did, I never came back. It was just like, whatever, I'm never going back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause uh, I thought I was going to die at that point. So it's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Death is not as bad as, as prison. But death right. is worse than prison. So I would rather, whatever happens, I just threw my hands up and was like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Yeah. So in part of the book, and I'm not going to give the book away because I want people to read it if they haven't read it. So in part of the book, you talk about that guy's mom. And when I say you talk about her, I mean, you just, you know, you mentioned her in the book. And at one time, did you guys live there with his mom? Yes. Okay. Yes. And how, and, and his mom, did she actually witness the abuse or did she hear it? And when I say witness, I mean, both. like, did she, both. So she saw it both. and she heard it. Yeah. Did, did she ever like, when he wasn't there, does she ever just like personally talk to you and say anything to you? Like, does she feel bad? Does she no. express? No. No. Not at all. Wow. The only thing she ever said to me was like the it was it the last time that we that we fought. She was like, "Y'all gotta make a decision on what y'all gonna do." <laughs> That's the only thing she ever said to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that also helped me to make a decision too, because it's like, yo, I have, I gotta go. Because mm -hmm. at some point, I'm not gonna make it back. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you think, and this is just a personal question, do you think that uh, your abuser was abused? Like, and the reason, let me ask, let me tell you why I say that. The reason why I ask that is because I've heard of something called the cycle of abuse. And I didn't know if that was part of the issue because I, I don't know. But no, I think no. that's just who he is 
as a person. Um, because recently he was released from from prison on some uh, for, on some other charges. It had nothing, and he just hit me up like nothing happened. Really, I was like, "Well, why'd you come visit me?" You know, um, you know. For a second, I entertained it, and then I was just like, "Yo, like, do you really realize what you did to me?" Mm -hmm. And then he was just like, he blamed it on me. Mm. So this is where I knew that's just who you are. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody abused him. It was something about machismo and being a stiff nigga. Like it was something about you know that part of where he was from. Because his father was in prison, so, you know, and I doubt for any stretch of the imagination that any man ever put their hands on his mother. Mm -hmm. So it's not even something that he witnessed. It is who he is at the core of his being. Do you Have you ever thought about why he is that way? Like, what caused him to be that way? Um, I don't know. It's like, it, it to me, it's kind of like almost like showing out because he's like that with other people as well. Mm -hmm. Like he's, like he's done time. Most of the time is for him being violent with someone. Mm -hmm. So it's just him. Like I don't know, but he has anger issues, and he feels like he can punch on people because he's angry. Gotcha. Wow. Wow. I um. I'm not sitting here trying to feel just, just, <laughs> I'm sitting here because I'm thinking about the the book that, you know, the, the stories that you told and the things that you went through and who he seems to be as a person. And when you told me that he had gotten released, um, I often wondered if you were going to go back. No, I have avoided, excuse me, going to that place at all. And I have uh, lots of friends there, family that's really close. And it's so, but like, I was even supposed to go on vacation, but then the Corona happened, COVID happened. And then right in the, the middle of that, which is like April or May, about May, that's when he showed up in my life again. Mm -hmm. It's like, and I was kind of surprised because he checked my business number. To, and then when he said who he was, it was like, you know, I've gone this extreme stretch of time, like five or six years without ever hearing from you. Mm -hmm. And then it just hit me up like everything was normal. It was okay. Like nothing ever transpired between us. Like he never did the things that, you know, because I even... In the text, I even asked him, I was like, you beat me with an extension cord, with a lamp cord. Like, it's nothing that there's, I have absolutely no desire to see you at all. What did he say? None. He blamed me. That's when he was like, oh, well, you were on drugs, you were doing this. And I was like, yo, at that point in time, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So, like, did, maybe you were. And that was another thing about it, too. Like, he used to take Norcos and Percocets. And, you know, so mm -hmm. I think that could attribute to some of his anger issues, his irrationality. Mm -hmm. 
because of abusing drugs on his own. Yeah. No um, impulse control whatsoever. Right. Yeah. So when I was so when I was reading the book, because I actually want you, if you could possibly talk a little bit about the book, about um, what you went through. And, and this is for those people that haven't read it. Like, I, I will say this. When I was reading your story, I found it difficult to read, not just not because of the way it was written, but just because of the subject matter. And I think it's amazing that you took the opportunity to actually share what you went through because there are people that wouldn't, you know, and definitely wouldn't put it in the form of a book, I would imagine. But I, um, it, it, it happened. Like I never thought about, I mean, I write books and, and other stories, but I, I had never thought about writing that. But due to some of the things that he did to me, which is detailed in the book, um, he knocked out my teeth. So I had to have crowns and I had like, I have spent about $40,000 on my mouth between 2013 and, and now, 2012 and now. Um, I was standing in the kitchen cooking after I moved. I have another, a whole new life. My daughter's there, you know, everything's going great. Standing in the kitchen cooking and one of my crowns just fell out. I, I lost it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I have been holding in, I guess, this whole situation is everything for so long as being strong and keeping going. But that one tooth coming out of my mouth made me crack up. Mm -hmm. Like I completely lost my mind. Mm -hmm. And everything that had happened to me came back and I had to face it mm -hmm. because I had suppressed it or whatever and I just kept going. So that's why the book kind of reads like it does, because I had never spoken to anybody thoroughly about what happened. So when I started writing the book, I wrote it like I was having a conversation with someone else. Okay. Like I, I was like I was talking to you to tell like this is what happened. You know, like when you're talking to your free, like, girl, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. But it just, you know, and that's how it came to be and it, it it made me be able to accept myself i was able to heal i was able to get past a lot of things and and let that part of my life go instead of still holding on to it and harboring it and trying to use work or my kid or something else as a focus mm -hmm. instead of attacking my own problems head on yeah yeah i understand that and so that's where the tagline came from surviving my abuser and myself mm -hmm. because after that i became somewhat of a detriment to myself mm -hmm. because it was it becomes addictive to be abused can you talk about that a little bit um uh, you get conditioned. 
Okay. Because like I talk about it a little bit in my book because I became like him. Mm-hmm. Like when we were still together and we came to a point where he made me mad enough, I would punch him. Mm-hmm. So it like because that's what you would do. Like if you got mad at me and I did something to you, you would slap me in the face or punch me or hit me or push me downstairs, knock me down or something. So I became retaliatory. Mm-hmm. So that also affected me in other relationships in my life. I became sort of violent. And it's one of those things where I didn't put my hands on my child because I knew that I could black out or I could lose it. So like I kind of missed out on, I'm not saying you have to hit your kids, but mm-hmm. I kind of missed out on some parenting or some curbing some things or, because you can tap your child, you know, if they're out of place. I'm not saying beat on them. Right. But like when you substitute things, it kind of messes up other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And then I would end up in fights with girls or with other people and things like that. So it I became conditioned to to violence myself. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, I I understand that. Um, when when I was reading the book at toward the end, I think you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said like the people that knew you while you were going through this didn't know you were going through this. Is that right? Right. Okay. So after you wrote the book and you released the book, did you um? Did they read the book, the people that knew you during that time? Um, yes. Well, some of them are, you know, they play roles in that book. Mm-hmm. So I had to, I called them and asked them first, you know, even though I changed the names and everything. Because I knew once they read it, they would know, wait, that you were at my house or you were with me or you were something. And like, I got phone calls from people, you know, that were that were in a book and was like, oh, I got like, I did it know that mm-hmm. and then like and beat face was if you see a cover it's a play on right when you get makeup you go and get your face beat right and me literally getting my face beat right so i would wear makeup or mm-hmm. would cover up so they wouldn't know what happened at all mm-hmm. no would, and i didn't speak about it yeah yeah so when when they found out, what did they say? Like, why did they, everybody asked me why didn't I tell them? Yeah, like we could have helped you, or we. But I was afraid of him. Okay. It's not like I didn't want to say. I was afraid of him, and I was afraid for them, because if I tell you and I come to your house to get out of this situation, he comes here, then I'm putting you at risk. Yeah. Or if it was some of my male friends, you might try to go and do something to this person. And I know he's stuck because he could shoot you or kill you. I didn't want to put anybody else in a bad situation, situation based on my situation. Right. Yeah, I understand that. How long, when you were, how long ago was it when you went through this? Can I ask that? Um, this was... Um, 2009 to 2013 okay so now in 2020 if like have you ever have you ever gone back and reread your book like in present day not 
Yeah. I, but it's kind of hard for me to stomach. Mm -hmm. uh, I can pick it up and, you know, look at because I have some around my house. And sometimes I just turn them over so I don't even have to see yeah. the, the cover. Yeah. That's was enough to have been there. Yeah. Because I was going to ask you, how do you feel about it now? Knowing that you survived, you know, everything that you went through, you got out, you got your baby girl back, and, you know, your life is better. How do you, how do you feel? Like, do you even recognize that version of you? No. Not at all. Because I've um, done um, what uh, my therapist calls shadow work. And what is that? And shadow work is you create alternate versions of yourself. Okay. To take care of certain situations. Mm -hmm. Like LaShondra is the professional me. Sean is like the but the hood, the funny part of me. Mm -hmm. Sunflower is the DJ and the outgoing person, you know. And then there is X. X mm -hmm. is, that was my dance name. That was, mm -hmm. that person was angry mm -hmm. and bitter and violent mm -hmm. and just, and I had to face that part of me and talk to that part of me and apologize to that part of me. Yeah. To, and that helped free me. Mm -hmm. Holy, all of us together, you know. Yeah. And, as mm -hmm. one being, mm -hmm. to move forward in life. Yeah. I understand that. Because I was full of hate. Like yeah. I was, like I didn't want to be around my friends. I was mad about this or that or the other. And it's because I wasn't facing that part of me. I just kept pushing it further and further down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's talk about you being a DJ. So how did, okay. how did you, how did you go from, how did you go from dancing to DJing? Well, before I um, moved to where the situation happened, I um, dated a DJ. Okay. And so I used to watch him mm -hmm. all the time. And then I used to help him put together mixtapes. Well, this song sounds good with that song. And I knew that if I was where I knew dancing was coming to an end. Mm -hmm. My daughter is getting older. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a 30-year-old stripper, you know? Like, I was already a paramedic, so, like, I had life ahead of me. Like, I just needed to buckle down and focus, mm -hmm. and I love music from from dancing. I love mm -hmm. music because I played the food. I love it because it was a part of my entire life. My grandfather was a musician. Mm -hmm. So, um, I used dancing to transition into DDM. Okay. Because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was already a, a felon. So I thought life was over for me mm -hmm. anyway. And um, I said, well, DJing allows me to still be in the club and party. <laughs> it's right. something I love to do and I love music. So just 
push into something more positive mm -hmm. than 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 dancing. I don't knock it, mm -hmm. but it's not it's not something that I would tell anyone to do, no matter how much the amount of money you make from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because now, you can be ahead. proud of it, or we'll say you in it or you get money, but it does it still takes an emotional. Mm -hmm. toll on a person the types of things you go through in there mm -hmm. yeah do you ever think you'll write it have you written a story about that yeah um, i did, did. uh um uh, my best friend who whose movie we're actually filming right now that uh -huh. i wrote on with her um called a lover's journey um she wants me to publish it but i'm like that after publishing b face and like telling so much of myself mm -hmm. it's like i would still be then divulging more mm -hmm. things about myself so I, and i have to kind of think about the people around me too i have right. a teenage daughter mm -hmm. you know i have um a, a boyfriend you know what i'm saying i have my parents right you know, my father's a pastor you know <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things where you know I don't know if I want to, but all the pages are there, all the, yeah. and it reads like beat phase, but it's like that tells a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of your parents, have your did your parents read beat phase? My dad did. Your my dad read did. it. Yeah, yeah. What, my dad how, read what, it. How, what was his reaction? My dad called me crying yeah because it was like why didn't you tell me and then he's like where well where is this guy uh -huh. i was like well at this point time when when i wrote i was like he's a, excuse me he's in prison so it's nothing you have to worry about he was like you better stay forever and i was just like no nah, yeah. now you've got things to lose in life and it's over yeah but it yeah. also gave me the ability to help other people right yeah and so sometimes you're the strength for other people but and i've helped other women walk away right with their lives yeah yeah so your mom your mom never read it no she refuses i can see that and i'm not i'm not mad about that either you know because she doesn't want to know you know you don't want to know about somebody mm -hmm. doing something bad to your kid but my brother read it and that's what made my dad want to read it so and then my brother wasn't too enthusiastic about it right either you know he's gonna support me when it, all of them were the same way as my friends were like why didn't you say anything how do we not know this mm -hmm. yeah Cause you would still go see like your mom and your daughter while you were going mm -hmm. through it, right? Yes. And they never. But noticed. I would make sure by the time I went to see my mom, I was healed from whatever happened, or yeah. I wore long sleeves or something like that. If we didn't get the face, mm -hmm. I would just wear things that cover my body so you couldn't see the marks. So can I ask you this, um, your mom? Did your mom ever suspect anything? Not physically, just like, did anything in her intuition think that something was going on with you? The reason why I asked this is because when my mom was still living, my mom would always know when something was wrong with me. I didn't yes. have to talk to her. I didn't have yeah, to tell she her did. nothing. My, my she would mom, just know. My mom is something else, you know, that she was just, 
But she actually came and got me. Okay. That's how I left. Because I knew I had to at least put some distance yeah. between me and him. Mm -hmm. So I called her and I was like, can you come get me? Mm -hmm. And she didn't ask any questions. Mm -hmm. She didn't say anything. She made the seven-hour trip to come and get me. Mm -hmm. I heard my daughter actually rode together to come and get me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How old is your daughter now? Uh, she'll be 15 in December. Did she read your book? Yeah, she snuck and read it. <laughs> Did she talk yeah. to you about it? Yeah, well, actually, I talked to her about it because when I probably she was uh, what, 12, 11? Uh, 12, yeah. But I asked her because me being DJ Sunflower or uh -huh. Sunflower the DJ, it, like people know me or know of me. Right. And so whenever, especially because I do a lot of events here in Atlanta, so they would know that your mom wrote this book. So I had to sit down and have a long talk with her. I asked, actually I asked her before I even published it. Okay. Would she be okay? I said, I can't, you know, I'm not gonna, you're too young, so I'm not gonna tell you like everything mm -hmm. in it right now. But you know, there may be some things said Mm -hmm. about me you know but I don't want you to ever feel guilty or feel upset about anything said about me mm -hmm. or somebody else because none of it is your fault and it has absolutely nothing to do with you yeah and what and did she somebody, say and she was just like okay but then like I think she read it like last year maybe okay and then she was like now I understand a lot of things yeah yeah because she wanted to know why she wasn't with me and I was like, there's obviously no way that I would let you see that happen to me because that is how I chose someone like that. Yeah. I chose someone exactly like my stepfather who was abusive to my mother. Yeah. So if I let you witness this, then you will do, and I would, I would rather be without you or give my life for you than for you to see something like this. And then you get conditioned to it as well. And you ultimately pick someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so, um, I didn't, I didn't know. Wait, in the book, did you say that your mom, that your stepdad would be your mom? Did you write about that? Yeah, uh, just really briefly, briefly because like I didn't really want to touch on that's not for yeah it's not your story yeah. yeah yeah wow I think I think it's amazing how things I call them full circle you know and I think that some people don't always realize the how your influence whether it's positively or negatively the things that you right. witness the things that you see and you know you may think well I saw it it doesn't affect me you know or um, you saw it and it does directly affect you or it has a direct effect on you. But then as you go through your like living, you recognize that, oh my God, I chose somebody just like just my like dad this. or just yes. like my stepdad. And you yes. don't even, you know, you look up not even realizing that's what you did. You that's know? because I think I did like briefly touch on them because he had the same like characteristics mm -hmm. as 
It was a very well polished, mm -hmm. well dressed, good looking man, but he had the same fire in him, that same attitude, that same mm -hmm. demand of respect. Mm -hmm. And they, so, quote unquote, respect, however they define it in their heads. Mm -hmm. So I ultimately picked the exact same person. Yeah. So that's another reason why, you know, when people say that young women need fathers in their lives are better. You, all kids need both parents right. as much as we can try to do that. Yeah. Because once the, they set the example and the tone for the rest of their, their mm -hmm. children's lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that 1000%. 1000%. Well, you know, I can sit here and talk to you all day, actually, because I'm so intrigued by your story. And I'm, I'm really intrigued. I'm really grateful that you survived. I'm really grateful that Thank you got out. And I'm really grateful that you wrote Thank this you. book to help other people. And I think that, you know, I always say you never know what people are going through. You don't know what people go through personally you don't know what they live with you you have no idea they only show you what they want you to see and i'm, um, I'm sorry there's somebody walking by <laughs> and um and when i read your story i definitely thought it could help somebody else that was in that situation and you know looking for a way to get out and maybe not knowing exactly um what to do well um i've had a lot of women come to me and say you know i can't believe we went through that or i see what you did to be able to survive of how women come to me and said because i read your book i left yeah uh yeah and they said people to just like tweet me randomly or mm -hmm. you know or find me on facebook or instagram i see them you know messages from them I, even young girls, because I'm, I um, met a, a young lady and she was 18, mm -hmm. and she was going through it herself. Mm -hmm. And she, we got her some resources and we got her out. Yeah. Wow. Um. Because I was like, she was like, I read your book. She was like, I don't even know what, how I found you, found it, or mm -hmm. what, but I read your book, and she was like, Can you help me? Mm. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> what do you need? You know, mm -hmm. so um, I um, am in a friendship with other ladies who have been in friendships with other ladies who have been through domestic violence. So we went through a pipeline mm -hmm. to get our out and get her to safety. You're 18 years old. You have your whole life right. ahead of you. You can be so much. Don't let anybody tear you down and stop you from being a successful person and actually being alive period right yeah yeah i think i think that's amazing do you partner with any organizations well I, um the purple print that's okay. um um through uh, a lady in pennsylvania her name is addie uh -huh. and she has the addie christine foundation okay and um, another author, Sean Wright, because we also talk about male domestic violence because yeah. people don't think that men get abused either. Right. But they do. There are yeah. some abusive women out here as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not one gender. It's mm -hmm. not one color. Mm -hmm. it's a, it is abuse is, is can be 
from anybody to anybody. Right. Yeah. So um, the three of us, we've worked in different states to um, with different um, women's shelters because I work with the Atlanta Women's Shelter here mm-hmm. to help, you know, whatever, however we can get a person through a pipeline and out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's amazing. I know I said that already, but I really, I think what you're doing is incredible. And I think that, um, I think that God kept you for a reason, you know, cause you survived a lot. I, I did. I, I don't, it's unbelievable to myself. Yeah. I, it's unbelievable to me at times what I did make it through. But now that we have God, the, God, the universe, whatever we mm-hmm. want to call it, I think I experienced that to be able to help someone else. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Because with that. a lot of people don't leave. Right. They don't take the initiative, and a lot of women and men die from it. Yeah. 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 Well, before I let you go, I want to ask you what you're working on and how we can help. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about? You mentioned that you were filming a movie. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I didn't I didn't know um I didn't know I would be here now. Yeah. Um the paramedic turned dancer turned DJ uh-huh. turned author turned now executive producer. I yeah. didn't so but I have um four friends uh-huh. and we write together okay in a group. So we've done um, a few. Uh, we're shooting a love's journey right now, which is a which is a, a short film. Uh, we did the booth, which is a, is another story about me, mm-hmm. but it's on the lighter side. This is after I've left all that, and I'm sunflower the DJ, and I meet a guy while DJing. Gotcha. So as I, so, it's kind of um, a comedy. And mm-hmm. it's about one of my friends that's still my friend to this day. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fun. We're mm-hmm. shooting that. Um, we're making plans on shooting Beat Face next year. It was supposed to be for this year, but COVID-19 kind of yeah. stalled our plans because that is a bigger production right. than, than the short films that we're doing now. Yeah. So you're going to get somebody to play you? Yes. Yes, okay. I have someone to play me. I have someone to play black. Uh-huh. But yeah, like we need a club spaces and everything else because, you know, yeah. I danced at that point in time. So we yeah. had to put on the whole. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Well, that's 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 amazing. That's amazing. You have a lot going on. And I, I did, think... no, they can find a purple print on um on Facebook. Okay. So um, we don't um, accept donations. We throw events, mm-hmm. and that's how we help women. And we use me as being a DJ to throw the events, and then that's how we aid and assist women in leaving situations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank Seriously. you. Thank you. I think that this has been... Um, I prayed, I always pray before I uh, interview anybody. 
And when I prayed, I just, I really wanted us to have a really good conversation and it, it exceeded anything that I thought. Um, and I'm so grateful that you were still available. Uh, I'm grateful that you um, asked because like now, you know, I was, I was upstairs, we were filming. I was telling the other producer, I was like, I gotta go do my interview really quick. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, oh, it's good because we're going to film next year. So yeah. like this, it helps, I guess, to bring the momentum right. back to, yeah. to get prepared. So everything happens for a reason. Yeah, it does. It definitely everything does. Everything happens for a reason. Well, so I've been definitely grateful for you as well. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm not going to keep you. I know you have some filming to do, but I wanted to say thank you again. And um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. And I would love to have you back on, especially when Beat, felt, Beat, when Beat Face has, uh, is wrapping up production, because I would love to have you talk about the movie version of the book, if you're willing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I will talk to you later. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Beyond the Bookshelf, please rate, review, and subscribe so you will be the first to know when new episodes arrive. Until next time, bye.